Jim, you have reason to be proud. For everyone who knows, you know, we're ne- we never stop talking. And so, Jim, you have reason to be proud. Good reason to be proud. 2023 was an amazing year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah 2023, I, you know, I, I found on the Facebook group, um, I posted a 2022 retrospective, uh, just a list of all the stuff we did in 2022. And then, and then I sent you that list for 2023 that we're going to talk about on this show. And I was like, wow, that's the, those two years is just a ton, a ton of stuff. And uh, we're not going to stop, right? I mean, there's more of that coming in 2024, but uh, just looking at that body of work that we've done over the last two years, super impressive. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of fans don't quite grasp the enormity of all the stuff that we've been working on. I think they don't. I mean, I, I swear that in 2023, more stuff came out in just that year than the last five years. <laughs> That's only because you made a list for me, which we're going to go through today. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is the Continuing Conversations Year in Review episode 2023. I'm Michael Desmuke. I am a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG, which I love. It's something I never dreamed I would be able to do. And of course, I'm a lead writer on Captain's Log, something I definitely never dreamt that I would do. Um, and I'm a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one site for Star Trek RPG. And I have to admit and give my gratitude right at the beginning of the show because this would not have happened without Jim. I'm Johnson. Hey, everybody. I'm Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log solo RPG, both published by Modiphius Entertainment. Low these many years. And Michael, I agree with you. I had never imagined I would be in this position. I remember way back in the day when I was running my running code co GMing a Star Trek game with my friends. It was a homebrew. We didn't have Last Unicorn Games, we didn't have Decipher, we didn't have Star Trek Adventures. We just made up our own thing based off of FASA. Um, and uh, what we did is every season, we would do 15 episode seasons. And at the end of every season, we would kind of do like a little cast party retrospective kind of thing where we get together, have some pizza and some snacks and just talk about each episode and how things went. And uh, in the the third season was our last one. And I, in my retrospective, because I still got the notes, I, I'm a pack rack. I can't get rid of this stuff. <laughs> um, I wrote, and this was what, 90, this was 94. Mm-hmm. I, and I said, you know, in my notes, I was like, you know, I had such a great experience playing this game with you guys. I grew, I grew so much. I learned so much. Um, I developed as a writer, as a storyteller, as a person, as a human being. And and in those notes, I was like, and, and someday when I start writing Star Trek novels and short stories, I will go blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, I, I did some short stories, of course, didn't quite get on the novel train. Just, you know, I missed, missed some opportunities there. Yet. But I, I stumbled. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yet. Uh, but I stumbled into this opportunity with uh, Modiphius and Star Trek Adventures. And I'm like, you know what, this is this is a good place to be. So I'm, I'm grateful yes. every day for it. And um, just excited to to be working on this with with you, Michael. Um, that's been a, that's been a blessing. The show's been a blessing, and uh, just look at all this cool stuff we get to make. You know, well, and, and keep in mind, you know, you could write a novel, Jim. Not saying taking away from writing a novel because I dream of doing that one day too. But you could write a novel, and people could read it and walk away. But you are taking the lead in corralling writers to create material to create new writers. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're we're doing something even more diabolical. We're not we're not writing one novel. We're providing all the tools so that thousands and thousands of people all around the world can make up their own stories. I know, and, and, then, and then share them with us, right? Yeah, uh, that's the best part, right there. Is like uh, I, we get to make all these tools, and then then we send them out into the ether. And then people make stuff and then they post it online for us to watch and enjoy. And like, if, I, I know you're like me, Michael, you're, you're a big avid reader, um, especially with uh, Star Trek. And and now we get to read even more stories. We are, we are enabling other people to feed our habit. <laughs> yeah. And the, as they get excited it, uh, watching yes. them be, it's like having children. I don't have any, but I have nieces and nephews. You have children, uh-huh. um, but watching them get excited over things we're excited about is the joy too. Right. So, 100%. so creating new fans is great. So today what we're going to do, is go through 2023 and look at all the amazing new material that was provided by Modifius Star Trek.
Trek Adventures. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I put them in order with a crescendo, but anyone oh. who's watching this on, on YouTube is going to be able to see um, what we're sharing in the way of photos. Jim, of course, you could see it because we're sharing screen. So let's go ahead and start at the top. One of the biggest releases of the year, which people had been begging for. I think it came as a surprise to them. And it was the Star Trek Lower Decks campaign guy. Talk to us about this amazing 2023 release. Yeah, this was awesome. I, I, I know in uh, it took a long time for us to uh, to secure the license to Lower Decks, but like the moment we got it, we knew, okay, this is an opportunity for us to do something fun, something different, something still very respectful of the property, but an opportunity to have a little bit more fun than what we're normally able to get away with. I remember you were super excited when I told you that we were going to take the gloves off and go have some fun. And, uh, you know, we, we, we marshaled the forces and um, internally to Modifius, we thought about, okay, how do we want to do this? We don't want to just do a book. What else can we do? And of course, we had the, uh, the, um, the crew packs that we could do. We did a mission brief pack and we did a standalone adventure. We had, you know, a, a gamut of digital releases as well as print releases or uh, print release. You know, we, only, we only did the one, but uh, we wanted to hit a couple of different avenues, you know, get some, get some energy and some excitement behind it. And I think it all came together really good. Yeah, you're showing the Lower Deck Season 1 yep. guide. But let's give, guide. let's give some highlights to the Lower Decks book and why people should pick it up if they wanted to and how it enhances the game. Let's, let's talk about that. So, so okay. Lower Decks has been an introduction to a lot of people into Star Trek. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a spoof. It's, it's a parody, and it's a wonderful canon Alpha, it's considered alpha canon continuation of TNG, right? So, so lower decks is not the core rule book. So we want to be clear with people, you would still need the core rule book in order to get the basic rules for Star Trek Adventures RPG. But what does lower decks provide as a campaign guide that's different than others? I, I think um, I think it really provides newer players an opportunity to do something in the Star Trek universe that's not quite so heavy. You're not the captain. You're not the first officer. You're not a department head. You're a young officer finding their way, probably just like you're a player finding your way into the Star Trek universe and into the game. It gives you a chance to get in there, have some fun do some stuff and not have necessarily a lot of responsibility, right? And then you can grow into that over time if it's something that really catches your eye. Um, it's certainly tied into the show to some extent. So if you've watched the show, you'll get the feel for the, for the for the book. But at the same time, we're also, we added a lot of Star Trek lore into this book. So you could use this book to run a lower decks campaign that is not comedic in tone like like the show is you can do a original series lower decks episode where you are you know super serious but you're still lower decks officers right so you can port this into any of the eras of play without any difficulty um and again just a wealth of information that we we tend to do this right we we hide a lot of information in these books that you look at the cover and you're like oh that's this and but you know we're 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 subverting your expectations because there's so much more in this book than just the tv show lower decks and uh just remember this is a 240 page tome and there's just way more in here than just the the the, the animated series well, well, some of the meat that we put in it, because when I'm when I have the privilege to work on these books, I'm always thinking like, what do I want as a game master? I've been a game master for 30 plus years. What do I want that's going to make the book valuable to me and make it so that I have to buy it? That's always my question when, I, when I'm writing something. So I remember two of the big sections in here, besides all the amazing characters and ships from the show that are in, embedded in here, was one, I wanted to focus in on second contact missions. What's the protocol for that? Because yeah, we, we watch Voyager and we watch TOS and we watch the animated series and Enterprise, all these first contacts. But what about the backbone of Starfleet? What about the people who have to clean up the mess that James Kirk makes? So there was that one piece on second contact. I wanted people to really dig into it. And then we know the Akudas wrote the, the now famous technical manual to how starships work, right? And I was like, okay, that's fine. But what about lower deckers? What's the HR? What's the human resources mm -hmm. of Star Trek? How do you get promoted and how do you have a career in Starfleet? I've never seen that written before. So I was like, I want to write that. So I know me and other writers, we said, let's write the official HR book 
on 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 Starfleet. So Lower Decks is all that um, for for Starfleet Academy and how to make progress and how do you deal with family and what about HR issues that come up and what are all the different <laughs> roles that Lower? Not everyone could be the bridge science officer. What are all the other roles in there? Um, I wanted to make sure that it was gold that went into this book that that anybody, even if you don't even play Star Trek Adventures, you could still use as a basis for the game. Yeah, this might be the only Star Trek RPG book that I know of that has that has a, a whole section devoted to career pathing um, for your for your character. <laughs> yep. Now, now one of the the forward itself is in itself kind of historical too, because Mike McMahon, right? You got him to write the forward. Can we talk about Mike McMahon for a second? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so if, for those of you who don't know, this is the person who's the creator of Lower's Deck. Uh, is what's the official title? Creator, writer, producer. He's a creator and executive producer, I think. Right. For those of you who don't know, I suggest you go look up this free interview. It's on Delta Flyers, which is the podcast from Bobby Mc, Duncan McDill and Garrett Wong. They do an amazing hour and a half interview with this creative person, and it's inspired me. He talks about how to write, how to write screenplays in Hollywood, but but. How did you get him involved with the Star Trek Lowers Deck campaign guide? Um, as I recall, it was a very, very polite email to our Paramount contacts saying, is there any way on earth that Mike McMahon might have the time to write a forward for our book? And it just worked out that either I found out that he was an RPG or maybe I don't know how that worked out exactly, but uh, we hit we hit his schedule just right where he was in the middle of um I think he had just finished post production on season 3 correct and was warming yeah. up to start season 4 and there was just like a window of opportunity there where he he had the time to bang together a a wonderful forward for us harkening back to his D&D days and uh, it just worked out nicely so it it was mostly just you know being professional and polite and um leveraging the the relationships that we built over the last several years that was wonderful because I know he had an eye of reviewing the material in the book too to make sure there was no conflict with the shows too. Correct? He was the he was I, I well I don't know for sure but I think he was one of the primary reviewers on all okay. things lower decks, not just our stuff. But I think he 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 is in heavily involved in all that stuff because you know it's it's important to him. He's the executive producer and the creator. He wants to make sure that everything the comic books, the novels, mm-hmm. the um the book, you know, the game books, etc matched his team's vision and uh you know anecdotally i think we talked about this in the lower deck series of uh episodes we did um the lower decks manuscript was probably the one that was most heavily revised after getting feedback from paramount not that it was bad it's just that he had he and his team have a very particular vision for lower decks and there was a lot of sections of the book where we needed to 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 fine tune the dial to make it even funnier or or, or less uh, less malicious. I think I, I've talked about the example of the of the badgy sidebars. Some of the badgy sidebars were not malicious enough, and some, right. of, some of them were a little too much. And so we just had to work with them to find that that fine that fine line. I remember how pleased I was because anyone who watches our show knows that Jim always tells me to scale back on the funny and says, you know, that humor <laughs> is subjective. And yeah. so when he invited me to write on this book, I was more than excited. And I remember my question, it was like, wait a second, can I be funny? And he's like, yes. And then I was so pleased that after editing one of my chapters, apparently it came back from Paramount saying, you need to turn it up a notch. And I was like, oh my god really and that was just having this is the best i have to say this was the most fun to work on yeah, yeah. was yeah, lower was decks so then talk to us again what's in the lower deck season one and season two player characters bundles that came out later yeah so sure so um i think um the the long-term fans have come to understand this but newer fans coming into star trek adventures may not understand you know when they buy the lower decks campaign guide they're probably expecting to see the canon characters in there. And uh, we, I mean, from the very beginning of the line, we made a very conscious decision not to put the lead canon characters into the books. Like you won't, you won't find Kirk or Spock or McCoy or Scotty or Picard or Riker or Janeway. Like none of those main cast characters are in any of the books. They're in the PDF supplements, 
but they're not in the books. And that's specifically because we want the game to be oriented toward your characters, mm-hmm. the new characters that you're creating with your group, the new player, the new characters that you're bringing to the Star Trek universe, new lives, new civilizations, etc. We want really wanted the focus of the game to be on the new stories that you're going to tell with these new characters. And if you want to go check out the canon characters and see how they compare to yours um, and just see how, you know, not, not, not to say that you, you want to see how you stack up against them, because like really every main character in Star Trek Adventures is on on a very level plane. Right. There is no there is no power creep where you've got like, uh, you know, you're creating a first level character and um, Picard's a level 18 <laughs> archaeologist cat i don't know what, I don't unless you're unless you're lower decks unless you're lower decks <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so so the the crew packs then the season one and season two uh player character packs has all the main characters right so you've got the you got the four main characters from from lower decks you got the four or five um bridge crew officers you know the captain the first officer etc plus some additional supporting characters plus the ship and uh and so it gives you just a little it gives you some more stuff to play with um if you want that, you know, if you want the canon characters, like like some people like to play canon characters, especially for one shots or convention adventures, and some people just like to use them as guest stars in their campaigns. That's so it's just a, yeah. it's an opportunity to get get some more. Um, I mean, to, to be shamelessly capitalistic, it's an opportunity to get more product out there, <laughs> but it's also totally optional, right? Like if you don't want the canon characters, then you know, don't buy it. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I love the Ferengi in you. We're, we're yeah. infinite diversity, infinite combination <laughs> at Star Trek Adventures. Good. Okay, let's keep going on 2023 releases. Now, these were five mission modules that came out. We'll, I'll go ahead and read them off. And then maybe, you know, Jim, I'm always curious how you decide what gets published and stuff like that we could talk about a little about these muscle i know um one of them i'll start be totally vainglorious here eight layers deep was my very first module that i've ever written even though i've written a lot of other stuff before this this was my very first standalone module i did we have the sleeping beast by one of my favorite writers chris mccarver in the line children of the wolf um by christopher bennett i mean for those who don't know look up his novels his are some of the best novels for star trek that you'll ever read and the fact that he works for star trek adventures is amazing lurkers again by christopher bennett which was the um the the module that is based off of lower decks and then a piece of quonos aaron paul yay he plays in my game i call him star trek adventures lead science officer um and so so let's talk about how you decide what you release when you release jim on yeah for sure and I'll just uh, I'll add because I know that even though we're recording this before it happens, but this episode will air at the end of the year. There's mm-hmm. actually one more standalone coming out this year. Uh, it'll, it'll be out um, on December 6th. Uh, and that's also by Aaron uh, Paulier. It's another Klingon adventure called A House by Any Other Name. Ooh. Uh, so, so that'll be out on um, that'll be out. Uh, it'll be out by the time this episode airs. Uh, so, so we actually ended up doing three Klingon adventures this year and three Starfleet adventures. Um, and you can see we got an Enterprise and Next Gen and a, a Lower Decks era. And then the Klingon ones are all over the place. So um, mm. nice variety there. Uh, speaking to your question about um, how do I decide which ones to publish when? Uh, I would like to say that there's a plan behind it, <laughs> but I will be honest with you. This is now, you know, four plus years in the works where I, where I, I take pitches, I review them, I commission the ones that I think are going to work. And then they go into a development cycle. And uh, for the most part, I encourage the writers to write them at their own speed. Like I, I, I rely on the freelancers to understand their schedule. The ones that are passionate will get it done quickly. The ones that are more deliberate will take their time with it. And uh, to, to that end, you know, I, I've got some commission, some stuff that I've commissioned years ago that I haven't seen yet. And that's okay. You know, things happen and things drop off. It's, it's okay. Cause that's why I have such a, a big pipeline of these things in the works. So I, you know, at one point this year, I had, I think 30 briefs and standalones in in various stages of completion at the same time right but now i mean at the moment i've got a huge backlog of um stuff i'm working on but also i have a bunch of pitches that i haven't even read yet so Mm -hmm. i've had to take a pause on pitches because it's just (laughs) it's just too much with everything else that's going on Mm -hmm. um but so for a while there i was releasing them as soon as they were approved and laid out and ready to go right it was just like i need to fill that schedule because we've been releasing one every other month we've been releasing a standalone every other month Mm -hmm. we've been releasing a mission brief pack every other month in in 
uh, separation from those missions or from the standalones, right? So it's either a, you get either a brief or a standalone every month. And that release schedule is, I mean, kind of aggressive, but it took me a little while to get to the point where I had a backlog that I was working on um, where I could be a little bit deliberate about what I was releasing when, right? I'm not quite there yet, but I'm working on it. Um, and I think a good example of that was Lurkers. We knew we wanted to release that ahead of the um, campaign guide. We wanted to build mm-hmm. some momentum up for that, you know, so to speak. Uh, so we had the we had the character packs and then the mission brief pack for Lower Decks that you wrote, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and then uh, Christopher Bennett's uh, adventure, Lurkers, um, all followed up that as well. So, um, you know, for the most part, I'm kind of still in a place where as the adventures are done, laid out, approved, ready to go, I'll add them to the, to the release schedule. Um, and then they come out, right. They come out as they come out. And I think on the one hand, that's nice because it gives fans something a little different to look forward to that. You don't know what you're going to get month to month. You you know, you know, something's coming, but you don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, in an ideal world, I would be pairing up mission briefs and standalones along with whatever big release was coming out in that quarter. Like if I knew I had a big, you know, Q1 release, I would try to do some mission briefs and some standalones that were kind of thematically linked to that. Uh, it hasn't quite worked out yet, but it's just a matter of getting hasn't been bad though. You like the lower decks, I know campaign guy release, you know, and the crew packs that came with it. You had, like you said, the, the mission briefs plus lurkers, which I thought was really cool. And I, I really, in case people, again, I always assume people, this is your first episode watching. Let's just, Describe before we transition talking about mission briefs. What's the difference between modules and mission briefs? Uh, yeah, well, so the standalone adventures uh, or modules, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. this is a this is a single self-contained story uh, with you know three acts, a lot of detail, a lot of NPCs. Sometimes there's a map, uh, some artwork, uh, but it's it's like a single self-contained story with a lot of potential to either expand it into a multi-part episode. Uh, you can use it as a drop-in into your ongoing campaign. You can use it as a one-shot. There's just a just a ton of stuff in there. They're, they're usually uh, I don't know 19 to 25 pages long so mm-hmm. in that in that sweet spot, usually, you know, 8,000 to 10,000 words, depending on, uh, on the writer. And, uh, and there's the, especially the last couple of years, I've been including a mission brief at the end of each one so that you can, you can run the main story and then you've got something that you can follow on with, or you can Correct. expand the story and continue it on. So a lot of flexibility there, hopefully. Um, and then the mission brief packs are, um, a pack of 10, um, one pagers, and these are intended to be high-level outlines for a story that you can take, bend, fold, spindle, mutilate, <laughs> drop them into your campaign, either thematically linked to a, to a subject for each mission brief um, or just, you know, as a standalone, whatever you want to do with it. And I think fans have really enjoyed this format. I think I tested this format out in the Klingon core book three years ago, four years ago now, and uh, people seem to like it. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's keep trying it. And you wrote the very first one. You wrote the, um, the one with the enterprise, the, uh, uh-huh. the tales of the Federation. And okay. that seemed to go well. And I just kept it going from there. And uh, we're starting to, um, to play with the format a little bit. So yeah. instead of it being 10 briefs, every, every, um, every product, maybe it'll be eight briefs and two pages of, you know, re- of related material. Uh-huh. Uh, so you'll see that in the coming months i think uh as yeah. we continue to mature it a little bit but again huge variety of uh, time frames here you can see uh we got um uh a uh, doctor uh aaron wrote the dangers in space which is all science focused we've got a couple different ones for the tos era we got a um of course the lower decks one uh and then um uh, uh michael duxbury did a great one on uh, starfleet academy which is really tied into the whole life path so that if you have brand new characters you can start them off as cadets go through the starfleet academy briefs oh by the way all these mission briefs the, these packs these are free they're oh, free don't, don't. Exactly. Um, we just we give this stuff away because we 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 love our fans and we want to get people into the game and and we want to kind of break down that barrier of I'm not creative, I can't tell a story, I don't know how to put a story together. Well, you know, here's 10 outlines. Yeah. Take these and go run with them. Well, I um, want to say too, this is an amazing year with the lower decks coming out we were talking about because you could start using the Starfleet Academy mission briefs then yeah. go over to the lower decks mission briefs once they get out of Starfleet Academy into Starfleet and then run anything after that. So we get th- th- those are literally 20 games. Mm-hmm. 20 games just in these free PDFs alone which doesn't even include uh, other modules and stuff that you may have access to, right? 
Yeah, that's a, but that's a great example, Michael. Like if someone was curious about starting a character from the very ground up, you know, grab the core rule book, create a cadet, uh, go through the Starfleet Academy mission briefs, get them up to an ensign, go into the lower decks mission briefs, <laughs> continue them along, and then get the lower decks campaign guide <laughs> yeah. and add all that content in detail because there's 10 more, 10, 12. There's more mission briefs in the 10 lower decks. There. Oh, 12. No, you're right. 12, I think. So yeah. that's 30. That's 32 adventures right there plus the plus the mini campaign that's in the lower decks book so there's just like you buy one or two books and and you're off and running the what i've had to do in my game and i've talked about it before i'll talk about it now is what i do is i run like a module and i use one of the mission briefs as my b story or i'll even take three mission briefs and make those into one story. And I use components from them. So it's very mix and match. I tell people it's really just a, uh, you know, so many ideas. You don't have to be strict to the modules or the mission briefs. You can actually mix and match the best of the best, but we're trying to really just ignite your imagination. And the things I've seen people do with these. And I look, I I watch play reports. Everyone, I read play reports. I look at your Twitch channels. I look at the YouTubes. I love when I see everyone play these and mix them up different ways. So we're just giving them a lot of ingredients to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that newer fans to Star Trek adventures may not fully appreciate. And, you know, it's, it's, and you know, part of it's because we, we I don't think we've necessarily done a great job of selling this. Um, not not you and me, but I mean just like we uh-huh. Medivius, I think, uh, because there's so many products and so many product lines that we've got to work with. But like as a Star Trek Adventures game master or Star Trek Adventures player, like if you're new to the game, you are you are jumping into a game that is very mature, seven years old. There are like these mission brief, we've got I think 14 of these mission brief packs out there that are available for free right now. Each of those has 10 missions in it. That's 140 episodes. Yeah. Right? That's almost a full, that's almost the full seven season run of next gen or DS9 or Voyager. That's exactly. that's a lot of story. Right. And then you've got you've got tons of mission briefs in a lot of our books. Uh, the Discovery book, the Lower Decks book, the the Klingon campaign, or the, I'm sorry, the Klingon Core book. Um, most of the newer standalones, like the last, I think probably 10, each have a mission brief in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Utopia Planitia had more. Uh, so I mean, there's like there's probably 300 plus mission briefs out there right now yeah well actually shackleton had a had 46 in there so (laughs) we're probably closing in on 400 mission briefs yeah plus another 50 or 60 standalone adventures or mini campaign adventures that are tied together so i mean there's there's hundreds of episodes worth of material for Star Trek Adventures without you even having to create anything else on your own. We're we're just playing, just so you know, in my game, we're playing year one release stuff. We 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 just started Plato's Cave, which is an early release. Just just give an example. And and what I like to why I like that is because it's new to us. We never got around to it. And so these things are immortal. It You don't have to try to play it along with other people. You can introduce it when you want. I mean, we played Shackleton Expanse stuff again in 2018 that got re-released and remodified. And what, when did that come out? 2022, 2021? Shackleton I was 21, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and watching people who started playing it fresh was like, wow. So, so again, we're showing you a lot of in 2023 in review, but the point of the matter is this is new stuff but it never gets old. That should be a tagline. All right, let's go on now talking about some more. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we ended up just continuing. It just worked out, right? It just mm-hmm. worked out that we got the lower decks license when we did. Mm-hmm. And it just worked out that this year was the 50th anniversary of the animated series. And, uh, you know, it was a <sighs> golden opportunity to really kind of make this the year of the animated Star Trek, because we, we did the lower decks book in, uh, August for Gen Con, and then this came out in September, and uh, it was a really nice one-two punch because uh, one of the things I really appreciate about both of these products is the Lower Decks um, campaign guide introduces eight new species, player character species that are really, really different, Mm -hmm. and then the animated series supplemental guide introduced, I think, eight more. Wow. Uh, although I think yep. three of them, three of them are reprints. So five of them, five. So between those two products, you've got, you know, 13 new species that are so different than everything else that's out there. And it just really expanded the scope of what's possible with um, Star Trek. And it, this one was a lot of fun to work on. I had a lot of fun with this one. I yeah. think um, 
I want to uh, encourage people too to look yeah. back oh, on everything we're talking about. We generally have episodes about it on continuing yeah. conversations. And yeah. if you want it in depth on any of these, including interviews with the creators, yeah. like look, search up the animated series on continuing conversations or YouTube or the podcast you listen to this on, and you're going to get so many more Easter eggs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we got really lucky and uh, Aaron Harvey, uh, who wrote the official guide to the animated series, uh, and it just is a wealth of knowledge about the about the about the series was available to to help be the lead or was the pretty much the lead writer on this, mm -hmm. and um, he also did a lot of the artwork because he's a, he's an artist he's a writer he I mean, he does everything, um, and so most of the art that you'll see in this book is all all his original stuff because he 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 took he had some screenshots from the show but he also just hand drew all this new stuff for us as well in the style of the animated series and that just added just that level of mm, mm. yeah i i just had this one after we did our interview with him i had one fault on the cover jim that you did not sneak a pink triple onto the cover somehow uh, well <laughs> like it should have been under kirk's foot <laughs> like Kirk's foot should have had it in the corner a little. <laughs> my pink trivel. <laughs> yeah, there's your pink trivel for those watching. Jim's yeah. holding up his pink trivel. So, so yeah, and you know, I this is what gets me. I, you know, I'm a fan of Star Trek my whole life, and what our show does that no one else does too is we actually have been privileged in 2023 if people watch the podcast to have creators i mean we have the science advisor for instance coming on um you know dr Aaron mcdonald who comes on our show multiple times we have you know the animated series uh, aaron harvey coming up. like we're learning so much about trek that when i go back and watch these shows like the like now i go back and watch the animated series like man i know the guy who wrote like the book on the animated series and yep. you learn all this stuff that playing the game gets you more involved so really we become this little niche of, of easter eggs which is i think really beautiful it's super exciting. Yeah, it really is. Cool. So that this was, of course, a great release and just fun to read and reread. Um, yeah. What about this? Now, what are all these little tokens and minis, Jim? Oh, what, yeah. what happened so this year? We we actually started this. We started this late in 2022, um, but uh, you know, we 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 worked with uh, Paramount to uh, to make sure that it was okay for us to sell digital versions of our miniatures uh, mm -hmm. because you know we we've we've tried over the last several years to figure out how do we make the Star Trek miniature miniatures um, like work financially to, so that we can produce them in physical format and then sell them in physical format that won't break the bank. Right. That won't mm. piss off fans. And like, there, there's no way we, we've tried to find the sweet spot and we just have not been able to find it. And um, so what we decided then was like, well, look, we've got all the, we've got all the digital assets. Can we sell the digital assets as, as STL so that people can buy them, print them at home. And uh, so we started in late 2020, I think it was November 22, we started releasing the sets and the singles because we had eight sets of miniatures and we gradually started releasing them out as singles and, and as, as packs. And then this year we finished the job. We, we got the rest of the sets out so you can buy them as both singles and as sets. Like you can buy the Romulan set or you can buy the individual Romulans. You can buy the original series crew individually or as a set, et cetera. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I was keeping an eye on the the sales figures and seeing that there was a, a decent little market for the STLs, I, I floated the idea to um, to the powers that be at Manipus. I said, look, can, can we can we just like pick three new one offs and just see what happens? Mm -hmm. Because like the cost for us to create a digital file is relatively low compared to like making it in physical format. And so we took the chance and we we made it, we we were clear that it was an experiment. So we, I don't know if you have a shot of it, but we created three new ones, a uh, original series Klingon, a uh, Jem'Hadar and a Cardassian soldier, and just, you know, released them on the market over the summer just to see what happens. And, uh, you know, sales have been pretty good and uh, we're, we're still evaluating everything to see if we can do more, right? Like, yeah. like I would love to do more miniatures, but it's, it's a real challenge because they've got to, they've got to at least break even. And uh, I'm just not sure it's, there's enough of a market for it. Well, it's an evolving market. Let's be, let's yeah. be clear. I mean, I want to, I have a friend who runs gamey builds and if anyone has not gone on YouTube and seen gamey builds that's G A M E Y Y builds mm -hmm. on YouTube and seen he, what he does is he takes junk and he repurposes it into modeling and then he creates a science fiction story around it nice his 
I mean, his hits gym and merchandising and links from this are growing exponentially. It's actually becoming his major source of income. Yeah. And his use of the 3D printer now to free him creatively, he digs stuff like this. Uh So I think what it is, is we're just early in the market. I I agree. You're immortalizing people's accessibility that as they learn the game and it grows exponentially, that Mm -hmm. they, instead of say spending $2,000 on buying all these figures over 10 years, they could spend $300 on a 3D printer and have limitless stories. I think that's just the way the market's going. So I think this is a really good idea. I know just looking what's on screen right now with the original TOS crew, um, just to have those and be able to paint those and play with those to me is just like so fun. Yeah, I agree. And I I think the nice thing about the miniatures is that they are um, super flexible in terms of like, if you're playing Star Trek Adventures, you you got them available to you to to customize or to, to do whatever. But if you're playing Captain's Log, um, you could you could grab any one of these singles and that could be your character. Yeah. Right. Correct um, me if I'm wrong too. Can you correct me on something? When they get the STL files, these digital files, if they have the appropriate program, they can manipulate how they move and look, right? I I think so. I'm not sure on that. I, I okay. I, I don't know. I don't know the technology well enough to know if if somebody could take the STL file and manipulate it. I, I'm willing to bet there's somebody out there who's figured out a hack okay. to do it. I just don't know myself because I'm just not I'm not an expert or even a novice at this. Okay, because my stuff. friend at Gamey Builds he does that with Mecca and he yeah. he grabs it and he 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 uh, what's it called a mask or something with 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 um I forget what the term is when you're doing oh. the digital pulling and stuff but he actually manipulates things to look like he wants and then he 3D prints them and he nice. uses these as his base. So I'm just okay. wondering if that's an option. We should probably have a whole episode on that one day and we'll do that because. That would be cool. I would love to get more into how these minis work and how how people can utilize them. So you'll have to let me know who the designer is and we'll have them on the show. Okay. Um, I I will say one other thing, which I thought was neat because I didn't even know this technology was possible. But now, you know, once I once I found out that I was like, oh, that totally makes sense, is that because these are digital files with with the right kind of digital printer, you can scale these miniatures up or down. Right. So these are 30, I think these are 32 millimeter miniatures, like, you know, your standard oh. miniature, but I've seen fans who have, who have made these at like 16 mil. So like, the, like they're little teeny tiny and they like, they, they've been making armies of Klingons or armies of Borg. Um, and then I even saw somebody, I don't remember who, and I apologize, you know, fan, tell me if it's you, they took one of the Borg miniatures and they blew it up to like 64 millimeters. So it was like this huge, gigantic, borg figure like like bigger than my water bottle right this is amazing and because these miniatures were so detailed even seven years ago when the developers were making them like all that detail comes out when you when you scale it up right and then you can get into the into the whole painting and the nooks and crannies and stuff so like I, I don't know. I guess if you want one of these as a statuette on your table, you can just get yourself a 3D printer, blow it up to 62 mil or 64 millimeter or I mean, even bigger, I guess. I, I think there's printers out there that could do it. And I think the STLs are sold in a way that they're supported. So like you don't have to worry about them falling apart when the printers mm-hmm. you just have to cut off the supports. Um, so you could make like you could turn these probably into like a multi-part miniature i have another question too. life-size thing i don't know (laughs) well well, i i again the reason i'm going to want to invite the person on the show to talk about is i'm wondering can you take because i've seen the digital files that my friend uses to animate Uh uh-huh and so is it possible Uh, to take these and create animations with it and maybe the maybe the next evolution for our people who do their post play reports oh, is that God. they use these and animate them <laughs> into their own series. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to, I think this is going to be part of our 2024 series, Jim, but oh, I want to explore what we can do with this and what people yeah. creative solutions. Oh, that's, that's crazy. I love it. Cause that would be awesome. Okay. So th- I think this is the future of, you know, I, I think we will live to see the holodeck and I think this is the, uh, starting to advance us to that. Mm. All right, cool. All right, Jim, drum roll, please. <laughs> I saved this for last. Talk to us about. Gosh, is that, is that everything? Block. I feel like we missed something. No, no, I bundled it all. I mean, we had a lot of releases. I put. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, yeah. Well, there is, there, before we let me, let me be respectful. Let, what let, did I miss? Before we do talk about Captain's Log. Okay. Um, we talked about this in the previous episode. Or uh, one of the episodes coming up, <laughs> we recorded a couple tonight. So the, the, in the last episode we just recorded, we talked about how um, 
Hey fans, if you are a game master or a player and you want to get more people into the game and you are willing to run Star Trek Adventures at conventions, go to Modiphius, go right. sign up to be a Silver Shield, go become a go sign up to be a game master, commit to running the game at conventions and we will send you for free I'm pretty sure it's free for free. It is we, we, this year the, in yeah. 2023. Um, um, Al Spader and Allison Seibe, I commissioned them to each write four exclusive convention adventures. Um, four of them are one hour long. The other four are two hours long or three hours long, something like that. They're, so mm -hmm. they're variable length. Uh, so, and the, but those uh, convention adventures are exclusive to the Silver Shields or to the people who are willing to run our game. Uh, at conventions and stuff so go to modifius go sign up for that if you want to get access to them i don't know what we're going to do with those convention adventures maybe in a couple of years we might clean them up and publish them in a book or something i don't know what that looks like yet we haven't even gotten too far down in the weeds on that yet but um if you're if you're a um uh, if you're the type of person who needs to have everything ever released for a line, that's eight adventures that you're missing out on. <laughs> Good points. And I've seen them all. I've, I've been able to go to the conventions and, and yeah. see them and play and hear a lot of good stuff about it. Gen Con. Yeah. So that was really cool. I, it, hey, I'm a freelance writer. I do this show with Jim and I didn't know about it. until I went to Gen Con. So it was a surprise for me. Nice. I found out I was not getting everything. So oh, he's got some surprises for you. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to I wanted to highlight that because somebody somebody is looking at this at this episode saying, oh, well, that's not so much stuff. But, you know, eight, eight adventures, even though they were relatively short, is still a lot of work. And uh, and, and when you are, for the most part, the only yeah. line editor. It's a lot of work. So anyway, let's go. To, I, let's go to the, I personally am going to vouch that they get released in form one day because I would love to be able to sit down with my friends and tell them this is only going to take an hour mm. and see if see if i can create fans in an hour that would be great so that would be awesome i'm gonna encourage I'm, I, I don't i don't play them again outside of the cons because i haven't given, been given permission to but but um that would be great okay drum roll again right. <laughs> good introduce this he hit the triple i hit the, the triple wanted to cheer for you <laughs> captain's log the solo rpg nobody saw this one coming and uh, we kept this under our hat for a good long time because we were we developed this thing over what 16 months longer ish yeah, long yeah. time long there wasn't there was an early leak there was a leak with this it was almost, there? I remember you don't remember the flyer that came out oh that's before? right that's right i remember, remember? <laughs> oh yeah because yeah. yeah, we uh we wanted to support uh shore leave convention right in uh in in maryland and at the time that we had to get the we had to get the flyer to them early enough so that it could include it in their program. And at the time, um, we were like, "Oh yeah, the lower decks book and Captain's Log will, will be available <laughs> for pre order by the time that convention hits." Right. And and something ha I don't remember. It must have been a. Well, they they sent it out to distributors. They sent it out to stores to advertise, and then someone put it online. Right. The flyer. No, they they went to the convention. They took a picture of the flyer. Yeah, they posted the flyer, and they were like, "Hey, what's this?" And we were like, "Oh shoot, we had to we had to push the release two weeks, um, so it got spoiled a little bit." But then, well, it was weird because usually Jim is very vocal online, responding to people. Our the whole team is right, even the freelancers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that that pops up online in dead silence. We're like, "Okay, exit stage right," and, and yeah. people noticed the silence. <laughs> Yeah, that's why Jim responding. Ultimately, it was a it was a blip in the in the in the in the in the flow. Uh, the 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 game came out, the books came out, four covers, a lot of excitement around it, a lot of press. I mean, there's so many people have been writing articles and reviews of this thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it it exceeded Modiphius's expectations. Uh, it sold out uh, within five weeks, six weeks, something like that. Uh, we had it at Gen Con. It sold out at Gen Con. Uh, Pre-order was super, super strong. If, I mean, this was doing like, um, I mean, it's a core book, but it, it was doing core book numbers uh, for us. It was just so good. Um, and I mean, I, I don't mean the sales were so good. I mean, the, the sales were great. Um, but uh, just the book itself was it hit everything that we wanted it to hit it, for, for new fans, for experienced fans, for casual fans. Uh, for storytellers who who are love to tell stories, or for people who had creative block and needed some help to to break through it, right? So, um, yeah, I, I want to go back to the what I said about lower decks. You know, I I was had the 
privilege of Jim asking me to be the lead writer on this, which I now appreciate what a horrible job that is. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's a lot of work. Okay. A lot it's, of work. It, it's a, I now appreciate Jim's lead, lead project management on everything after this. But I remember, um, one of my biggest challenges was what's going to excite me about this book and not just mine, myself and Al Spader had a long conversation about this, Josh Allen, where this was his breakthrough RPG debut, um, had a lot, Alice inside. We had a lot of hours of conversation about what would excite us to play this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I refuse to ever settle for boredom. And so we poured our energy into this like anything. And I only can um, speak off the response I had at Gen Con because I had the privilege of being there for the first time in 2023, yeah. sitting there signing book. I was actually having people sign my book because I was just so happy to have my name in something that I wanted people to sign my book. I got that from Jim who encouraged me to do that. Um, and the way this hit I now realize there wasn't even a room. There, there was not only a need for solo RPG Star Trek adventures, there was a need for a book that teaches people how stories are written. Mm -hmm. And this book transcends from what people have told me. I'm not quoting myself. I'm saying what people have told me. This book transcends Star Trek, that they could use this just to learn narrative structure and how to write a story. And to me, that warmed my heart because one of my biggest things in life, if in, people know my side job, is storytelling in the workplace, storytelling to get a mission point across. So, so seeing that hit has been my biggest joy, knowing that we're going into, I think you said you had to do another reprint for the holidays, right, Jim? Right. Yep. So apparently that goal was met. And I really hope over the years that we see this keep evolving and creating not just people who play RPG, solo RPG, but creates a new um, generation of people who understand the formula of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been it's, it's been so uh, humbling and rewarding to see how many people have have come up online to to say like on my on my YouTube channel and on, on yours and everybody else's. Um, hey, you know, I've been in a creative rut for a long time. I love Star Trek. I love to tell stories, but I just didn't know how to put one together. And this book has has been the light bulb that has unlocked my creativity. And now they're and they're so happy because they're telling stories and they're doing things that they love. It's like, you know, we 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 made that happen. Like, like, how the hell did that happen? Right. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just so humbled every day when I read stories like that because it's like, oh, it's so exciting to see people embracing it and having fun with it and, and playing, right? Um, like you, you said, you said, you know, in previous episodes that uh uh you love to gamify things and you like to you love to get people playing. And I've always believed that, you know, a lot of adults, we just tend to forget how to play. And yeah. then we get we get bored and unhappy and worried. <laughs> it's like and it's and you know? the thing is, we've had epiphany moments. Again, people who tune into our podcast, we are actually doing our own collaborative play using Captain's Log. And I don't know if you watch the enthusiasm with which me and Jim go at it, but we playing this game are having epiphany moments and even modifying and creating rules on the spot to make it an even better creative exercise. Jim, I didn't tell you this and we'll wait till our next game, but I have even more amazing ideas after our last gameplay about how playing solo RPG, we can even take it to the next level and we're right. going to exhibit that so um i really want to encourage people and you know something that jim's pushed for years since i've had been working with him is these books are only templates they are not hard and fast rules that you cannot deviate from in fact we really encourage you to be creative um solo rpg people are i'm seeing people use solo rpg and chat gpt in amazingly freakingly amazing ways which i encourage for personal use not professional use. That's a whole nother discussion I am not having here. But for personal use, I'm seeing people take these tools and have these amazing creative experiences. Um, and and I'm really proud to have been part of this, you know, to, to see this, this launch with a major, I, I think this is our, we've discussed and I've looked around, this is the first major IP with a solo RPG that I can in, find. In this, in this complete format, yeah, as far as I, as far as I can tell. Um, there, there, there might be one out there, you know, maybe vampire had one. I don't know for sure. Um, but, uh, I, I think this was like the first, the first full bore hardcover dedicated all in one solo RPG specifically for a major IP. Um, and it's, it's super exciting. And, uh, um, I was very proud to have worked with you on this, Michael, and the entire cast that you, uh, 
you just mentioned. And I also want to give out a special shout out to uh, Stephanie Stephanie Toro. Uh, Stephanie Toro is one of the one of the staff designers at Modifius, and she does a lot of the collector's edition special edition covers. She's done the Dis discovery campaign guide collector's cover. She did both Utopia Planitia covers. She did the player's guide and the game master guide, and she did all four of these. I mean, this is just amazing work. And I tell you, every time I look at that original series captain's log <laughs> i just my my brain stuck into that into that pattern it is it's mesmerizing i mean honestly I um I, I was proud to see the mad grab at gen con for the original series because because and, and i've taken a lot of photos of it if anyone follows me on social media i take photos with all my little dice and stuff with it it really photographs well too so the four cover designs was brilliant um and i really you know i know initially we had conversations jim's like no this is this is it but now it's like toying with supplement guides on a solo rpg is something that's almost funny to think about but people right. are already demanding I, I i i'm not predicting anything but i could really see you know where people want more random tables and that becomes additional options people could create random tables themselves but you know we don't always have time to um right. but but there is never an end to random tables. Like I love creating random tables now they come up on continuing missions i put them up mm -hmm. there um but when you need writing prompts and you if you have thousands of pages of of random tables no story can ever be the same yeah absolutely you have billions uh, of com combinations it's crazy. you know i i would love to do more random tables and, and more supplements for captain's log it's just a matter of figuring out what do we want to do and where in the world would we fit it into the schedule with everything else um yeah. in the meantime well, the good, though i yeah. would say you know for for you grog nerds out there who've been playing mm -hmm. rpgs forever like there are so many RPGs out there that have random tables. I'm willing to bet that there is, in fact, I would probably challenge everybody to say, I bet there is not a random table out there for another game that you couldn't somehow find a place for in Captain's Log. Always. Well, Star Trek, first of all, Let's, uh, we, we were going to talk about this in other episodes. We talked about it before. There's no genre that is incompatible with Star Trek. So right. I brought in Jane Austen. We know I brought in my famous Jane Austen random tables. I have a lot of other tables I'll be introducing in future episodes of the USS Saratoga collaborative play that we'll be doing, Jim, just for funsies. And, and Star Trek is limitless for that. I mean, yeah. 2023 has been an amazing year for Star Trek Adventures and for Captain's Log. I wish we would have done this last year for 2022 but this will become a tradition for us a year in review well we could always do one <laughs> if, we, if we if we ever have a, a need for a filler episode i can send you the list and uh, we can we can throw a slide deck together easily enough <laughs> okay you're right it's not that it's not our but time goes by so fast i mean for people for, to look forward you know this is our last episode of 2023 that we're recording Gosh. here i know crazy huh but 2024 i want people to know that as we're recording this today on december 4th you know, this will be our last episode for the year that you, when you all see it, I've already got shows planned all the way through May. Wow. We have that many people coming on board to talk Star Trek adventures. And I'm not going to say spoilers because I don't want like to have someone get sick and then not show up if I say their name. But I'm telling you, the people who are coming on in 2024 is making me cry with happiness. Like me and Jim look at the schedule and we're like, we have to push that off or we have this coming out. Like there's so much wealth coming out that Jim, again, I'm going to say one more time as we go into our second year of taping that I never thought we were going to have more than like 20, 30 episodes. And now look, we're like a hundred and by the time this airs 109 or 110 10, or something. Yeah. yeah. And we've got, we, I mean, we're good. Years, we're we good through May. <clears throat> we got years of material that we can keep hitting. It's crazy. Star, Star Trek is evergreen, right? I mean, and Star Trek Adventures is, I don't want to say, well, I don't want to, well, you know what? I'm going to say it, right? Like Star Trek Adventures is never going to go away, right? Like even if Modiphius cans the line on January 1st, they're not going to, by the way, but if they did, all this, all these PDFs are out there forever, right? The yeah. book, I mean, you you won't, nah, and never mind. The stuff is out there forever that, you know, this is going to be, and you talked about this before, this, this legacy we've created that, future gamers are going to be looking back at our stuff using it as the basis for their stuff yeah or for new game lines or whatever what we talk about applies to the person who's been playing it for eight years and the person who just discovered it right. like i i tell people you know 
you can go back and watch our very first episode about the Game Master's Guide. It still applies. The stuff that's yeah. in there, the the content that's been created here, and keep we can never run out of of stuff to talk about. Really, right. especially since we're active gamers, right? And right. But you, you, you you raise a great point, Michael. Like you said, you were you were playing adventures that are like four years old, but they're new to you. Oh no, I'm playing adventures that are eight years old now. Eight years old, yeah, and they're they're new to you, but but yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, go back and watch. You know, I don't think we did an episode on Plato's Cave, but I think we did an episode on that on that mission compendium. Well, so the thing about Plato's Cave, it's Marco Raffala. You know, we have to have that. We have to have him on the show because Marco Raffala is. I did an interview of him mm. in a blog. Right. He's a brilliant writer, and yeah, we have awesome. these brilliant writers who are writing novels who you are bringing into the game or they came into the game and started writing early on mm-hmm. that people don't understand the treasures that are in here mm-hmm. and they're waiting to be discovered if you just pick up these modules and mission briefs and try to figure out what was this writer thinking where were they going with this yeah yeah and and to me it's fun like again our group is playing plato's cave right now and i love marco raffala as an author and it's just like why didn't i play this sooner well we only have so much time you know (laughs) that's the problem so we've missed a lot so whether you whether you're just joining star trek adventures and captain's log now and you're keeping up with current material like what came out in 2023 or if you decide hey i'm gonna go peek back at 2017 2018 and start playing all high quality material all enough to get you and your players hopelessly addicted and you'll be hating us eventually because you're hopelessly addicted (laughs) (laughs) we're better than opioids though it's good it's a good it's a good addiction to have because it it won't uh it won't physically kill you (laughs) yeah cool so 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 good 2023 review my gratitude today because we do gratitude at the end of every episode is to jim i know many people only see maybe on the show and i i get i get to see and hear from a lot more of you and i don't think people realize what a hard worker jim is i don't think you all realize how he lives sleeps and breathes this for the pure purpose of making it enjoyable for people. And I always say we're a little selfish because of course we want people to enjoy this so that we keep getting more material so that we can enjoy it. So there's that little selfish thing, but Jim, my gratitude um, ending 2023 is definitely going to be to you. Um, as we will see in future years ahead, you are, I will always say you're one of the people who launched my career in writing for a major IP and I'll never forget it. And I hope it'll always pay off for the both of us. So <laughs> thank wow. you, Jim, um, for an amazing year. Thank you, Michael. I think it's uh, it's always the hope of an editor to to know that they gave somebody else the launching point of their career. So I am grateful for those words. I am humbled for those words. I am grateful. Thank you for that. Um, I am grateful for for you and for this podcast. I think um, I wasn't sure when we started doing this podcast that it would be something that a would continue on for as long as it did. But I wasn't sure I would enjoy it. Right. Because like. I just, some people may not realize it, but I don't like listening to myself talk, (laughs) but I am passionate about Star Trek and I am passionate about delivering all these tools to people so that you can go tell amazing stories on your own uh, and not, and not just rely on the stuff that we're creating, but just like use it as a, as a jumping off point and use it as an inspiration and, and, you know, tear it apart, you know, use, you know, use pieces of different episodes or different mission briefs and make your own thing out of it and then just be creative and make it, make your own stuff. So yeah. I, I'm grateful for you, Michael. I'm grateful for the show. I am, I am grateful for everybody who's ever come on to one of our shows as a guest. I cannot believe the, the caliber of people that we've had on the show and that they just keep coming and coming and it's all because of Star Trek. So thank you, Gene Roddenberry. And thank you for everybody responsible for creating Star Trek <laughs> over the years. Um, and of course, you know, I don't say it often enough, but thank you to the fans. Uh, without without this fan base, we would not have this show. We would not be doing this game after seven years or eight years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so thank you to all the fans for playing the game, enjoying the game, teaching the game to other people, running the game at conventions, running the game online, offline, whatever. Um, you are you are truly the 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 life force of this game and uh, i'm just uh, i'm humbled to be in a position where i can kind of steer it along if i i gotta ask too jim because we talk about constantly we're on social media and only a small percentage of people who play the game are yeah. vocal you know and coming on social media i'm begging people 
just let us know you're playing the game. Even if you don't go on social media that much, just send a note or email or something to Jim at modifius.com or modifius, whatever, send it to me on continuing mission. Just drop a note and say you're playing the game because we wish we had a pulse on everybody who's enjoying the game. And Jim says it's a, it's that what we see on social media is just a drop in the bucket compared to who we know by sales is, mm-hmm. is buying the game. So let us know because that matters so much to us, how it's being played in all the infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Right, Jim? That's my that's my ask to everyone ending 2023. Yeah, let, let us know you're out there. You know, you don't have to engage in don't engage in social media or anything, but just send send me an email, Jim at Medifius.com, send Michael email, whatever. Yeah. Log log into continuing mission, because I know you get a lot of hits on continuing mission. You've been mm-hmm. you, you you occasionally share the stats with me. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Um yeah, well, but, more than ever this year, I'll send you those stats too. 2023 was a crazy year. August was the biggest month ever with the release of Captain's Log, by the way. I, nothing's deck. ever topped the 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 traffic we had with captain's log that was crazy so i'll send you that but yeah people just let us know you're playing because then we know how we can support you and hear you and write what you want us to write and stuff and i know jim you know again it's one last teaser going out is there's things i remember jim said ah we'll never do that but because of hearing your voices and you reaching out it's in production I can't say those are spoilers. You guys got to figure it out. But but <laughs> but the mind was changed because of hearing from the fans, right, Jim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So we need the more we hear from all of you, the better product we have to feed your needs. So you don't have to do the work yourselves. You no. Know? So mm-hmm. all that good stuff. All right. We already said gratitude, so I'm not going to say gratitude <sighs> again. So much great stuff. <laughs> I D I C. Live long and prosper. Happy New Year, everybody. Be safe, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, 2024, coming up next. Mm